This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. to Voice of Change today with myself, Lauren Jacobs, on Cape Pulpit. Whatever you are doing, I pray that you are feeling good today, that your heart is feeling rest. And even if it isn't, I pray that this time, this next hour together, will be a place of pause, a place of breathing in the stillness of God, and a place to be encouraged, and a place to be given hope again. Maybe you're sitting there and, you know, it's load shedding, and you're feeling so super tired of this rut of load shedding that we are experiencing. I pray that God's grace will be with you and that you'll just feel peace as you just tune in right now and as we just gather together today to just explore the story, the further story of Yolanda Corky. Now, I'm so happy to have Yolanda with me today again, you know, just reconnecting with her. I met her a couple of years ago and you might, as the listener, remember her as her and her husband, Pierre, they were kidnapped and held hostage in Yemen and her book, 558 Days, came out a couple of years ago where she shared this true story reliving the kidnapping and also when they were apart from their children and also the failed rescue attempt of her husband Pierre and it has just been a couple of years since this happened with Yolandi and Pierre and you will probably remember their story it did make headlines and I do remember it being in the news and I do know that many many believers around the world and especially in South Africa were praying and praying for this family and so today we're going to catch up with Yolandi and hear what she's been up to the last few years what's been happening in her life as well as the journey of recovery that she's been on and then also the birth of something that has come out the crisis response network something that Jelani is so passionate about uh, NPC working across the world in many different communities in many different countries who are currently going through any kind of crisis and how the crisis response network is responding what they do and how they're helping so truly purpose birthed through this incredible organization and so this is where you want to be like I said for the next hour it's going to be a place where we can pause together we can hear not only Yolandi's story but how we can walk out a journey of recovery and also how we can be there for others so it's going to be a great time on this show so don't get anywhere sit back relax and Yolandi is with me after this Here at Radio K Pulpit, we love receiving your messages via WhatsApp and SMS, so don't stop sending them. But what about those of you that prefer using Telegram? Well, that's no problem because we have Telegram too. If you've got Telegram, go ahead and use it. And if you don't, you can visit your favorite app store and download the app with the white paper airplane icon. And the number? The same as the one you've always used, 081-729-1657. 081-729-1657 Radio K Pulpit Now also using Telegram Like I said earlier on in the show It's going to be such a great time Spending it with Yolandi And you know, it's it's been quite a few years since I last saw Yolandi. I bumped into her in 2017 at the Andrew Murray Prizes after 
reading her book and the award she won for that book. So Yolandi, it is so good to be with you again and to be sharing today a bit about where you are, about the crisis response network that we're going to be talking about, and also just how your journey has been these past few years. So welcome to the show. And it's really, really good to have you here. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, what a wonderful surprise to have been able to meet up with you again and also just to journey with our listeners today as they drive home. So I'm really excited. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that everybody's kind of tuning in and listening up a bit. And, and Yolandia, I did uh, something just out of my own curiosity. It was just for fun earlier on in the day where I typed your name in on Google and uh, <laughs> to see what comes up when I uh, type your name in. And you know what? You might find this quite surprising, but quite a, a large amount of people have typed in on Google, where is Yolanda Corky today? So people are really interested in what's been happening in your life these past few years. And mm-hmm. I would love for you to share kind of a bit of this, uh, a bit of a recap really of, of your story, you know, your family story, what's been happening, you know, these past few years with you. Everybody, I think, is really interested going, what's Yolandi been doing? Is she good? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's God been doing in her life? So, yeah, maybe you can share with us a bit about how you've been so we can finally answer all the people that are sitting on Google and they really want to know how's it going with you. Oh, that's quite interesting. Thanks, um, Lauren. Yeah, so let's backspace. Um, you know, I think many people recall um, the headlines in the newspapers in 2013 of a South African couple that was kidnapped in Yemen and then... Um, I don't know how much media coverage there was in that year. Obviously, I was a hostage then with my husband, Pierre. We had moved to the Middle East in 2009 with our children. And then um, in the beginning of 2014, I think the people will recall that I was released um, through the efforts of Gift of the Givers, mm. uh, Dr. Sula and his team, and I was reunited with my children. They were already then in South Africa. Um, They were 14 and 16 or 15, almost 15 and 17 at that stage. And then, um, unfortunately, I was released by myself, which was quite a shock Mm. um, for me also. Um, I'd been hostage with my husband for eight months in Yemen, and then I was repatriated back to South Africa and I think the public remembers and, and everybody was praying the next mm. 11 months felt like 11 years. We were all just, you know, trying and praying for Pierre's release. Um, mm. But unfortunately, then on the 6th of December that year, 2014, another 11 months later, he was killed when there was a rescue attempt by the Americans for the American hostage Luke Summers which had apparently been held with Pierre after I had been released, but I had not known, you know, and there was no way mm. for us to have known. Mm. that This was on the eve of his possible being released. Um, it had been negotiated up to that point. So there was such a big shock, just a total um, unexpected turn of events. And I always tell the audiences when I share about the story, it's definitely not what I would have written as the end of the story. It wouldn't mm. have been different you know but I always say this is God's story um doesn't belong to me or Pierre and um I just go around the country and share about what God does and his faithfulness and um yeah so then the journey started 
with my children of recovery uh, in 2014. And here we are almost yeah, nine years later, and it's been quite a journey. Hmm. You know, Yolandi, it's it's such a, a deep story that you've shared with us and for those who have read your book as well and for maybe those who have sat in the audience that you've spoken to and shared this story. And I do remember driving on the main road in Somerset West and seeing, uh, you know, kind of like the newspaper, you know, you get the little newspaper headlines that they stick up on the poles and I do remember the day driving past and seeing that the the it was the I don't exactly remember exactly what the news headline read but I do remember that it was about Pierre and I remember it was about the attempt of rescue and what had happened and I think it was because it was it was a moment where I think a lot of us were thinking that like you said the end of the story was going to turn out quite differently at that stage. There was a lot of hope. And you spoke of also about God's faithfulness. And probably to some people listening, they would think, but how can, how do we believe in God's faithfulness when we experience something so maybe tragic, traumatic that requires recovery? And I think that, you know, it's, so many people go through so many things in life and it's hard for them to look up again and and see God's faithfulness. How has that journey been for you? How have you managed to hold on to your faith and how have you seen God's faithfulness? You know, uh, even thinking of what you went through, also being a hostage yourself and then losing your husband, the journey of recovery. And that must be quite, quite something. Mm. It's so good that you've asked that question because I think recovery is a topic that we we don't explore enough um, with with people and with audiences. And it's been quite a journey. Um, I I don't want to lie and say it's been an easy journey. Mm. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I've arrived and that I'm completely um, recovered. Mm. I think I will only be recovered on the other side of heaven uh, one day, but it's been a very intentional process. Um, I started writing the book. I think many people know about the book, Five Five Eight Days, and that really helped um, Lauren. You know, it it helped me unpack all the different themes and threads of the story. It was one big jumble in my in my inside, in my mind, and it was as if unpacking it in the book. God was pulling all the different threads of themes apart and and showing me running throughout the whole story the, the moments of grace the moments of him being there and that was so crucial to be able to look back and see that and just acknowledge that that gave that gave so much um courage for the next step and then of course something that was very um helpful was just being with my children Mm. Um, that really made me brave. And I sat one day thinking to myself, you know, I can lie under the bush and just wish to die. Mm. And I probably have a good reason. But what am I saying then to them? Mm. What message does that convey to my family, to friends, to, to my closest, my, my children? But then I'm saying, well, you know, you're not worthy of me trying to, to recover, to to find healing so that we can be a family. Um, so I really had to get up and 
and crawl, you know, my way through some of the the counseling and and just in, in, you know holistically trying to be whole. You can't just focus on one thing because, you, as you know, we body, soul, and spirit all mm. intertwined. So you've got to really give attention to all of those aspects. And then what was very helpful was, um, yeah, I was just for a while at the University of the Free State um, as an ad hoc lecturer and just being in the space of other people, being challenged. Um, that was, uh, the students were just exceptionally graceful. Mm. And and um, that space allowed me to make mistakes just to find out exactly what was normal again because it was as if I had fallen from another planet. I had absolutely total loss of contact with, you know, reality on the outside and I had to really find my way. And then I really sat and, you know, at about 2018, I, I sat and looked back and I said, what was it that really made the difference in being able to move forward? And there were specifically two things that 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 really helped to pull me through. Mm-hmm. Are you going to share with us what those two things are? <laughs> yes, I, I'm going to share because that was key almost into going what would be the next season. Of, mm-hmm. Obviously not knowing. I couldn't see where it was going, but that was key. Um, and so those, those one or two of those things are obviously faith um, and just having a faith where knowing that it's okay to wrestle with God, knowing that it's okay to ask questions. He's not caught off guard. He's not um, um, offended by my questions, Um, questions that we dare almost not speak out loud because they're so, um, they might sound so unchristian-like or unfaith-like, if I can say that or use that word. But I, I just really... I could see how even in those dark moments, the Lord's faithfulness, his his presence, his um, just being alongside and not expecting me to understand or to to have faith like a mountain, it was okay. I was still accepting to him. So his faithfulness was one aspect. And then there was something really beautiful that um, – I want to share the story if I can quickly. Yeah, definitely. So um, while I was a hostage, there was a time that I really couldn't, I, I, I really couldn't hear the Lord. I, I became, I became frantic. I was anxious. I, I didn't know if we were ever going to be out alive. Um, it seemed like it, it was a hopeless, endless, um, uncertain, um, you know, spiral that mm. we were in and. Um, and I was so grateful to have uh, Pierre with me, but Pierre did something that eventually became for me the key as well as realizing that that is why I want to continue. He did something very precious, and mm-hmm. when I was in a, in a state for two or three weeks where I just, I just couldn't hear the Lord, I just couldn't see his hand, I couldn't remember any scripture. I couldn't feel that he was answering me. I, he kept on just fleshing out Jesus to me in in incredibly human ways. He mm. he just he just was patient when I was impatient. He was kind when I felt angry. He was 
when I couldn't pray, he would say, but we won, I'll pray. And mm. when I cried, he would just sit and cry with me. And he kept on just fleshing out a tangible Jesus to me when it just became totally, for me, uh, uh, something I couldn't um, grasp. I couldn't, there was a ceiling of, of metal there. I couldn't just, you know, it felt like God was far. And Pierre just kept on showing me who Jesus was. And so practically, because God came and showed us who he was through his son, Jesus. Hmm. So that 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 fleshing out of Jesus' love and compassion and understanding and um, companionship was a key for me in moving forward and also then starting the Crisis Response Network. Hmm. Sure, Yolandi, thank you so much for sharing those two such big things with us. And I can just, you know, almost feel in myself the so much emotion connected to what she's sharing. And I think that for so many of us, sometimes it does, we go through those times where we just can't hear God or you feel so alone, especially when things are really tough or traumatic or there's been so much challenges or loss, you know, it kind of feels like that, that closed heaven that we experience, like, God, where are you? You're far away. And just to have someone in your life that can really just be Jesus in the natural, in the physical for us. I watched such a powerful short uh, clip actually just this morning of uh, Francis Chan, who a lot of people know, and he was preaching Mm -hmm. a sermon on the love of God, you know, the father love of God. And he had his daughters come up uh, and he had his arms around his daughters and he was just like um, rubbing their hair, just kind of being in this moment with them. And he was using that visual to, and it was just so touching, so beautiful uh, that, you know, it, was, it wasn't put on, like you could see his children were so comfortable with him and there was just this love. And he said, you know, the love that you have for your your children and it's it's like how much God loves us. And But it was just such a tangible display, such a fleshing out of, of God's heart. And we need that so much in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the lifeblood sometimes I feel that we need if we can, sometimes we may not have that one person, but maybe we could have that in our, in a friend or in, in maybe that clip like I watched this morning just gave me such peace again, because it's such a beautiful gift to, to be Jesus to someone else. And we know that we need that in our lives and, and it's just so, so special that you shared that as well. And especially coming from Pierre, who was in this the situation with you as well, and mm-hmm. I'm sure it it's something that you hold on to so tightly today. And you mentioned the Crisis Response Network, which is doing phenomenal work, and I cannot wait for us to talk about that as well because this has come from such a deep place. So we're going to take a really quick music break, but we're going to continue with you, Landy, after the music. I really don't want you to go anywhere because we're going to be talking about the Crisis Response Network, what has been happening, what they do, and how powerful everything that they are doing is. So don't go anywhere and see you after this. No red tape, no frills, only the sounds of life with Radio Cape Pulpit on 729am and Radio Pulpit 657am. 
You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, your voice of change today. My guest, Yolanda Corky, is with me. And we have been just really getting into the past couple of years and the journey that Yolanda has been on herself and the journey of recovery that still does continue. And I pray that it has given you some hope today to be hearing these words, to be hearing the truths that Yolanda has been sharing with us. Having said that, Yolandi, before we went to the music, you were talking about the Crisis Response Network. Now, tell us a little bit about how did this start and, you know, how did it really begin and what does the Crisis Response Network actually do? Oh, yeah, I can share about <laughs> Crisis Response Network. It's such a passion um, for, for me. Um, so as I shared, with the recovery journey, I came to a point in 2018 where I started saying, okay, so now I've identified what was the things that made me able to move forward. Um, and those were the two things, uh, knowing that God is approachable and God is faithful and he's with us. Um, when, whatever we go through, and we can bring our questions to him, and then having somebody come alongside, in my case it was Pierre, just fleshing out um, Jesus' love, compassion, and presence. And so I, I took these two things, and I contemplated, but how on earth will I be able to be part of something again? Um, I, I wasn't sure if I was any use of anymore, and I know that I can't really go back to to where I was in the Middle East. So I kept on thinking, but there must be another way. And then I approached In Context International. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if audiences is, 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 um, know about the work that they do, but they provide a Christian perspective on world news events. Mm. They're based in Cape Town. And I approached them and I just shared my heart for supporting people that go through a crisis, as I know that they also support and work with the persecuted believers in various countries. And so out of that, when we put all, we put my puzzle pieces and they put theirs on the table, we could see a couple of things. And that was, first of all, that God really works in a time of crisis um, Mm. in people's lives. And that despite it being an incredible, vulnerable time, it's also a very, very big opportunity to grow, to mm. to expand whatever it is that God has given in your hand. It's unfortunately also a very vulnerable time for believers as it's a time when the enemy almost comes and he wants to steal he wants to steal faith. Um mm. he attacks people in various ways and one of the ways that he attacks and we haven't really delved into that in 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 if I say church, I mean in, in Christian um, circles and in articles, but he really attacks people in their faith when they are going through an incredible crisis. And I, I realized that having a body of believers or a community or a church or a family in a strategic place at a time when a community is going through a crisis is a tangible way for them to continue with their faith journey because they've got something to look to. They've got an example of Jesus just coming alongside, even just listening, not necessarily having an answer, but just journeying 
um, supporting them in their biggest need. Mm. So these these concepts, we put these together and we said, well, why don't we start an, a separate MPC, a non-profit company underneath in Context International, and we call it the Crisis Response Network. And this is where the, the journey of Crisis Response Network started in 2019. So we registered in South Africa. And our mission, if I can just shortly explain mm-hmm. that, is to, to uh, we aim to have a strategic, compassionate, and a sustainable intervention through our network partners before, during, and after a crisis to alleviate the suffering of people, of diverse people groups. And when I say network partners, that is one of the game changers mm-hmm. for this organization. Because you might think of, I'm sure you're thinking of other humanitarian organizations, right? How they mm-hmm. work, their teams, yeah. Um, they arrive at a place when there's a disaster, and and that's good. That's that's important. We need the NGOs out there to do this work. Mm. But we figured, and especially since we were born just before COVID, and in COVID, we found that God had something different on His heart, and that was to activate worldwide networks of churches or Christian organisations who are already in the specific locations, mm. strategic locations. And when there's a crisis in their region, we network with them mm-hmm. and and support their response. So we're not a first responder NGO. We don't have a plane or a train or a bus. Mm-hmm. We don't go with a team to a place when there's a disaster. We look on our network, of our map of network, and we say, oh, you remember the port explosion in Lebanon a few years yeah. ago? Um, yes. Yeah. So we looked and we said, Yes, we've got a couple of churches and and Christian NGOs working in Lebanon, in Beirut. Let's contact them and ask them what do they need to support the community. And so what we could do is we could help raise funds for them Mm. to help their communities. So Mm. we didn't didn't go anywhere. When they said, oh, we need engineers to help us determine whether the buildings are safe or do we need to, um, you know, demolish them and start over again we could connect them with engineers for um without borders uh when there was a need for trauma counselors there was already a network of trauma counselors in the middle east and we could connect them with those so mm. it depends on what the needs are on the ground and we as crisis response network with our partners find the resources that they need so that's mm. in a nutshell can go mm. on for very long. Oh, you know, I love this and I love the vision for so many years, you know, NGOs and big organizations have actually been talking about empowering people and organizations and mm. places who are ready at work in communities and on the ground to be able to do the work when the crisis happens. Because people who are in certain areas and working already in those areas understand even things like culture. They understand how the culture works in the community. So when they respond, they are so well equipped to respond because they understand how to work with people in a specific area or community. And I think it's so wonderful what you guys are doing because it is really, really empowering people on the ground. And I remember, you know, I remember what happened in Lebanon because we spoke about it on Voice of Change. And one of the responses that came out was how powerfully the churches 
were getting involved and being an answer to what was happening. And I'm thinking of Ukraine as well, which I know you guys have been involved with because when the war broke out in February last year in Ukraine with this invasion, a lot of churches and missionaries said that they weren't going to flee the country, but that they were going to stay and become, turn the churches into places of safety, hospitals, mm-hmm. places where people could come for trauma counseling, uh, you know, where there could be medical help. And have you seen that as well? Have you guys been involved in Ukraine? Because that's an ongoing humanitarian crisis. And a lot of individuals, it's been so wonderful to see in Ukraine, specifically individuals, churches, organizations, everything from people who are vets, veterinary people, staying put in the country to be able to help those who are suffering and those who are on the front lines to be able to help animals, to be able to help people. And have you seen that as well in in a place like Ukraine? And that's the beauty. If you guys empower those who are already helping, it probably makes such a huge impact. Yes, Lauren, yeah, absolutely. We are involved um, through our partners in Kiev, in, in the Ukraine, and um, they are people that have chosen to stay or or maybe they were locals that, that felt that they weren't called to leave. Mm. And they are just opening up their doors day after day. And people can read some of these stories um, on our website or our social media um, just see the updates, um, especially from the Ukraine, because that was that is an ongoing um, crisis, and it's also even if the war ends, it will take a long time for restoration to take place. And we're also involved with restoration. We're also involved in Uganda in the refugee camps um, mm. up in the northern parts, the northwestern parts. We have a lot of South Sudanese refugees there. We've done. Um, programs with them where they've said uh, after COVID the child marriages were increasing mm. at such an alarming rate that the, the, the families were so concerned um, about and then when the girls get married or get pregnant they drop out of school so there was a lack mm. of um, opportunities for education and so we did a program with them uh, just supporting their initiatives to, to uplift their communities and this year um, we sent a team to that same camp after the fathers last year when we did the program with the girls said, um, you know, we realized that we've been bad parents. Mm. We don't know how to be a parent. We, we we come from, we're orphans ourselves, some of us, and we haven't had an example. And so you might have heard of the World Needs a Father movement. Mm-hmm. So we could send a team of them into the camp a few weeks ago and they, they did the training with 60 um, family heads and um, so that that could just impact the families in a different level, bringing, as they say, heaven to their homes, mm. uh, God's heart and love. Mm. Yeah, and so we're involved in so many different countries, but through these network partners, as you just rightly explained, they have the contextual knowledge, they have the networks, they mm. buy locally, they um, understand the culture, they understand the needs. Like in Mozambique, up in the north, you'll remember when there was the insurgent attacks at Palma yeah. and um, all of those people were fleeing, you know, the internally displaced up in the, in that province, there is, it's, it's over 800,000 people that are internally yeah. displaced there. And they continue to flee almost like, I want to, ex, you know, uh, compare it to the 40 years in the desert mm. when the Israelites were, 
going round and round in circles. They they just continue to 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 flee and flee. And there's such a pressure of 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 on the resources and the locals. They know if you work with them, they know exactly how to answer these questions and where to find the best food resources. And it's just been an incredible journey to learn from the churches, the the the, the Christian NGOs on the ground. And so I know many people are listening today and they're saying, okay, but I don't, I don't live in one of those places. Do mm. we work in South Africa or how can we also be involved? So if I can, I can quickly share yeah. um, about South Africa. So yeah, we want to, we, we partner with Rise Against Hunger and we are involved in, 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 in various communities um, in the Western Cape. There are several communities that when there's a need, then we always try and find something for them that, that can be channeled through to their communities. And people can, can continue to listen and write in and ask, where are we working? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, we also work with used families, uh, just helping their relocation and their, their need as a family to, to be able to pick up their lives again. Mm-hmm. So that's a constant um support that's needed for that and just you know it's not always about money you know sometimes there are people out there that are fantastic uh, intercessors we need people to pray Hmm. so read the stories on the social media or on the website and pray with us and pray for these people or share the stories which we share on your social media media networks it's so easy to be become a part of that um, that scripture in Proverbs 8 that says I'm a voice for the voiceless mm. um, I'm inviting everyone out there today be part of being a voice for the voiceless those mm. refugees in those camps if you if you hear their stories and you mm. sit with them um, and their desperateness they, they're stuck in situations which is just un, it's unimaginable unbelievable, unspeakable it is it is it is such a, a deep thing when we talk about refugees and the ongoing refugee crisis that we have in in the world with the large numbers millions of people as refugees and it's something that i think we can we can really pray into we can pray for and I really also encourage the listeners, like Yolandi said, to go on over to social media and you can follow the stories there. You can, you know, hop onto the websites on social media. You can go on over to Crisis Response Network. If you love Instagram, if you love Facebook, the Crisis Response Network is there. And then also the website, crisisresponsenetwork.net and, and, and read the stories. It is, it is powerful and also will just really touch your heart to know actually I can pray. I can sit here right now and I can say a prayer. You know, I can, while we go to a song, I can, I can be praying. I can be interceding and it's what we really should be doing. And Yolandi, I want to say thank you so much for being with me today, for sharing your story and the journey that you are on. I believe that it has been a source of encouragement and hope for someone else listening today. And in closing, thank you again so much for, you know, the work that has been done with the Crisis Response Network. It is such powerful, incredible work from the heart of God. And finally, you know, if you have a message on your heart today 
for people who are listening, maybe going through tough times, maybe going through loss or doubt or despair, discouragement, what would your message be to someone who's listening in today who needs to hear something, you know, for their their time of need, really? Thanks, Lauren. Um, Thank you that I was able to share just a little bit about the passion that I have to come alongside and ignite others to come alongside. And if I want to share one thing with our listeners, then it's that you must know that you can go to God with your questions, um, that you can just let him simply be with you and, you know, let him challenge perceptions that you have of him. He is faithful, he's worthy, he's good. Um, he is he wants divine communion, communication with us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we are struggling and we are, are wrestling, it ignites in us um not only to know God but to have him as an indwelling reality. And I want to encourage you to keep on wrestling until that becomes a reality for you, because that is the God that we serve. He he wants to communion with us he wants to to journey with us even if the answers are not clear Mm -hmm. amen and amen Yanandi thank you again for being with me and I just pray that your journey and just the incredible work that you're doing you and your family that you will continue to be blessed for God's grace love and all good things to be with you and thank you for the work of the crisis response network and the many lives that are going to be changed still and are currently being changed. So Yolandi, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Lauren. Bless you. Bless you and take care. Come praise the Lord with us. Pray with us. Come thank the Lord with us. Radio Cape Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. And Radio Pulpit 657 a.m. I pray that today's show has been a beautiful blessing to you as much as it's been a beautiful blessing to me to be hearing the voice of Yolandi again and to be hearing about her journey of recovery and that hope that we have in God that we can wrestle with him and take our hard questions and our hard realities to him. And I think sometimes in life, and, and I so agree with you, Landy, when she says that this this often isn't something that we talk about in Christian circles. And it is true how sometimes and very often in life we have hard questions. And many times people don't feel like they can go to God and wrestle with him and really just get into, you know, God, are you really there? I feel alone. What's happening? Why did this happen? And all the hard questions that we have in life, it doesn't make us any less of a believer. In fact, it makes us Uh, more mature and deeper in our faith even David says in the Psalms that he brings everything to God and he pours out his heart before God and that doesn't mean pouring out our heart just in praise but it does mean that we pour out our heart in the doubt discouragement and despair and God knows that you know we are human beings like he says in his word and that we can come to him with all things even Job in all of his questions that he had and all the things that he cried out in his pain towards God and shared with his friends and shared with his family, you know, in all of the things he never, ever sinned. It wasn't considered a sin to question and to share those hard things. So I encourage you today to know that God is a loving father. And just as we can go to our 
earthly father for some of us not all of us have had that that blessing but just as we can go to someone who cares and loves us and share our deep heart with them we can go to God too and he is always with us and always there and so I really encourage you today to know that God loves you he is for you he is not against you you are loved you are chosen you are valuable you have an incredible calling in Christ that you can do all things through his strength that all things work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose who walk by the spirit and not by the flesh and we know as he said that all those good things all those perfect things all those great gifts are for us God wants to give them to us and that includes making sense eventually and bringing hope and healing and purpose from that which is maybe currently hard for you or that which has been hard in the past and again you know as I sit here sharing this with you I don't sit here sharing this from a place of going hey I have it all together or there's nothing bad going on in my life right now and so it's easy to just say oh trust God you know sometimes we are all fellow soldiers in the trenches together warring through different aspects of life that is deep and hard and so when we come together to say hey let's be real let's be honest with God and let's be real and honest with each other I truly believe that's where healing comes from and so today I invite you into that place of grace to know that you are loved like I said and chosen and valuable to your 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 lover of your soul the heart of God it is for you today and so I want to say thank you to you you special listener for being with me here on Cape Pulpit today it's been such a joy to be with you in Yolandi and may the rest of this evening be super blessed for you and your family whatever you're doing may God's grace and love be with you until next week take care and God bless This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.